because he is worthy the, of all the praise I even have to give. If I'm withholding an ounce of praise, he's worthy of that and more. Let's just get our minds right right now. Let's get prepared for the word that's about to go forth in Jesus' name. You know, there are a lot of things, you could be seated, there are a lot of things in this world trying to entertain me, trying to fill up my mind space, but what I've found out is most things in this world don't get better with time. It starts to deteriorate. Those clothes that I have hanging in the closet since high school that I keep looking at and thinking I'll wear again, but I never will, even just sitting there, they start to look old and start to break down. But you know the one thing I've found gets better every time I look at it, every time I let it speak to me? That's the Word. The Word of God is the only thing that won't return void. It will only grow better and better as the days go on and on. Amen? So I get excited about just the Word. I know that saying it's a special service is kind of a trigger word for most pastors. So I won't say special, but it is set aside. It's something a little different. It's an opportunity for us to show God, I don't need to be prepared. I don't need to be prompted. I don't need to be cheer-led. I'm ready to be fed by the Word. When we say just the Word, it's not to diminish the power that the Word has. It's to say that that is all that I need. Amen? So without any further ado, let's jump right into it. My, some, two of my favorite verses to pair together are Proverbs 17, 22, and Nehemiah 8, 10. Let's look at that real quick. Proverbs 17, 22 in the KJV says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. In the NLT, it puts it this way, A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. That's the opposite of medicine. That's something that's just leeching everything out of you. Do you ever go through life wondering why you just feel so worn down? It might not be because you've eaten some gluten. It might be because I need a little more word in my life. Amen. Because the word's what tells me, hey, cheer up. It doesn't mean that what you're going through isn't an obstacle. But the best way to face that obstacle is with a merry heart. Amen? That's where we learn things like that. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, then he said unto them, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet. And send portions to them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord, neither be ye sorry. The very end of that we love to use. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's something that you can lay claim to. You know that the, the Bible verse, every promise in the book is mine. I like the idea of that. But you know, every promise, I hope, isn't mine. There's some promises in there for Satan. There's some promises in there for those that stray, for those that are enemies of what God's trying to bring to pass. I don't want those promises. But those that are meant for us on the path, 
you know, you can take hold of those promises. You can take stock in those promises. They're not going to return void. I can read things like this and grow strength and say, I'm not feeling it right now, but the joy of the Lord, meaning it's his, it's not mine, which means it's not fake to exhibit a little bit of joy when I'm not feeling it. Call it fake. Call it promoting an atmosphere or something. Sometimes you can promote change. You know that? The world calls it a positive mindset or manifesting. That's a buzzword right now. Gross. But there's power in life, of life and death in your tongue. I'm speaking things into existence, standing on a promise of the word. A cheerful heart, whether I need it just for strength to get through the day, or whether I'm in such dire straits that someone could look at me and say that I'm spiritually sick. Whether I need the medicine or whether I just need some strength, I can get that with a merry heart because the joy of the Lord is my strength. So a perfect example of seeing this in action is found in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 6 through 8. This is the story of, of David and he... Him and his men had just gotten back from a battle. And here's, here's the scene. They, they found that their town had been razed, set to fire. Their possessions gone. Their wives and sons gone. Miraculously, it said no one had died. Not sure how that works. That's the hand of God, I guess. Amen. But here's what was going on in verse 6. It says, and David was greatly distressed. Do you think he was feeling very merry? Do you think he was feeling that joy? Do you think he was seeing the promises laid out in front of him? No, no, it says it, he was greatly distressed. You know, it's okay to feel distressed. We've all been there. Anyone who says, I, I'm not distressed because I have the Lord, they're lying to you. When the Lord's on your side, things are going to come against you. But I know that I can get through anything. Amen? It says, David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Think about that for a second. The people that spake of stoning him. First off, I mean, no one wants to die. But this was personal. This was his very own people. This is like, I mean, we get upset when our family's mad at us. But it was taken to the next step. Not only am I upset with you, Brother Seth, I think I'm going to kill you. And it's going to hurt the whole time. That's personal. But the way that he responded, I hope that I could respond that way, faced with such a danger, to encourage myself in the Lord. 
That means it wasn't a supernatural occurrence. It, it, he had control of this. Do you know you have control over whether you feel encouraged or not? And he took it another step further. In verse 7 it says, And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. Now, without getting too deep into symbolism, if you try to research this, it's just a rabbit hole. But simply put, that was a garment worn when they had to get a word from God. What went on there? That was a physical representation that said, I don't care what I was thinking about five minutes ago. I don't care what I'll be thinking about afterwards. We hear pastors say it all the time, the pot roast will wait. But while I'm here in this moment, I need a word from God. And my mind's not changing until I get a word. He encouraged himself. He postured himself. To get a word. And verse 8 says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. There's another promise. Let's, let's, let's recap that for a second. Tragedy occurs. Responded with encouraging himself. Postured himself for an answer. And what did that do, Brother Plale? That caught the attention of the Almighty. If there's anything that catches, catches the attention of the Almighty, that's a thankful heart that says, God, I don't know how, but I need an answer. God, I don't know how, but I know you're able. And I'm not moving from this spot, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, however you do it. Don't just move on and say, I'll just, I guess I'll just have to deal with it. This spiritual attack I'm facing, I guess I'll just suck it up and move on. That's not biblical. I hope you know that. I'm not moving on until I get my answer and that gets the attention of God. And verse 18. And David recovered some, most. David recovered all, all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them, David recovered all. Come on, that's a promise. Are you looking forward on recovering everything that the enemy has stolen from you? I'm not talking about just getting over it. I'm not talking about just feeling better. I'm talking about recovering everything the enemy had no business taking in the first place. That's the God we serve. 
How about this? Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. Chapter 16, starting in verse 22, says, And the multitude rose up together against them. Again, another group of people. Now, I know everybody's different. And some are more different than others. <laughs> I, this may not make any sense. I love people. I love conversations. I love being personal. I, I don't like crowds. Just to think about these, these things that happened with crowds or multitudes coming against them. I'm terrified of that. That's terrifying. How, I don't know how you could feel more helpless than when an entire crowd is closing in on you. Anyone seen any footage from any Black Friday shopping? Seems like every year we lose one or two friendly shoppers just from getting trampled. What a nightmare. But here's another, another situation where it's a group of people. And this one, it even goes as far as to call it a multitude. It says the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Now, I know that word means something else, and I realized it. But when I was, was looking at this last night, I even mentioned it to my wife. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. They're naked, beaten black and blue, sores over their bodies, I'm sure. And then we, the word safely is in there. It just seemed out of place to me. But obviously it means that to keep them so they can't get away. Verse 24, it says, Who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. We, we hear it preached. We hear it talked about in testimonies about chains, spiritual chains, being bound by things. Well, you don't get any closer than stocks and actual literal chains being put on your body. And at midnight, this is how Paul and Silas reacted. They could have looked at their situation, said, well, I mean, I guess God brought us this far, but this must be a sign. Oh, I guess God's closed the door on my ministry. I've been trying to reach these people, but I, I'm meeting a little bit of resistance, so I guess it's not his will. Listen, it's always God's will to exhibit his joy, his power, his saving power, his life, his light, everything that God has to offer. Listen, I've been there. I've been at work where I said, listen, buddy, if you keep talking about this, you're going to get one of these. <laughs> and you don't necessarily have to hit them with the Bible. You don't necessarily have to have a three-point sermon when you're supposed to be turning wrenches. But you know what speaks louder than any of that in those situations? Your life, your actions, your light. 
your joy. People that I never thought, never expected, would come up to me at work, construction site, and, hey, would you pray about this? Man, I thought you hated my guts. <laughs> Absolutely, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Or later on, hey, what about with, you know, what's going on in the news? What, how, does, how do you think this relates to the Bible? All of a sudden, I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm, you know, at that point, there's no, well, my pastor believes this, or my church believes this. It's, <laughs> no, right there, you're the authority that says the Bible says this. Amen? And none of that can happen unless we walk in it. We can't wait until the situation, and then all of a sudden, well, I guess now it's time to open my Bible now it's time to restart my prayer life. Just living, just being the church speaks so loudly. It says here in verse 25, in midnight, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. They weren't preaching at anybody. It wasn't a Bible study. They were just doing what they do, bro. They're just, well, I, what else can I do? I, I, I'm stuck, so I guess I'll just start praising him. I can do that, can't I? It says, and at, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And this is how God responded. Verse 26, and suddenly... There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. I don't know about you, Brother Anthony, but I look forward to the point where what I seem to be stuck in, the prison that I mentally, whatever it is, I don't want it just to be just a little jiggle, right? No, no. When God responds, the very foundations of that prison that held you captive is going to be shaken to its core. It says, and immediately all the doors were opened and some bands were loosed. Most bands were loosed. I hope you see the theme here. It says, everyone's bands were loosed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That gives me hope. That also puts a weight on my shoulders. The victory that I walk in can determine the victory of those around me. I'm, I'm still learning, but I, I see in the Bible that it's possible for me in my walk that people are blessed just being around me. Not because of me, but because we can allow God to flow through us. He doesn't want to just fill you. He doesn't just want to bless you. He wants it to run over and affect your schools, your communities, your workplaces, just because you allow God to be God 
and focus on those things that give you joy and encouragement in the Lord. Amen? So that gets me thinking of what it takes to be the kind of man or woman that would react this way. And I don't mean perfect. There's, I know everybody gets caught doing this, but I have this line that I always use, and I almost roll my eyes at myself. But when, I like to say, when I get it right, because I, I don't. I don't always get it right. But when I get it right, I want to react like this. And the, all of the study, research, looking into it that I can find, I think, in my opinion, the difference maker is preparation. Proverbs 6, chapter, and verse 6 uh, through 8 says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. Okay, I'm listening now. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How is your dedication when everything is great? You know, it's easy to be at the depths and, and cry out to God when I'm at my lowest point. I need God. It's obvious to see that. But do I still search the scriptures? Do I still search to feel his presence when everything's going right? Or do I put it on cruise control and autopilot and wait for the next bad thing to happen that makes me wake up? It says that that ant pro provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. It is so easy to slip into that and say, what are you working so hard for? There's food everywhere. What are you preparing for? Don't, where's your faith? How about that one? What are you studying so hard for? What are you weeping for? Your life's great. There's that point where it's like, no, there's, there's something to dig for. There's always a reason to dig deeper, to go climb higher. There's always souls that need to be reached. What about, what about Noah and the ark? He was building that ark before the first drop of rain, Brother Rick. I, I don't know, man, that... That's a lot of work. The struggle of, of the never-ending remodel in my house. The perpetual remodel. The budget is going to probably triple. Uh, but working on that after work and everything else, I mean, can't even, pales in comparison to what Noah was going for with that ark. I mean, what a test of faith. Not a single drop of rain. The whole multitude, the town, laughing at him. You fool. 
Or once again, maybe taking the higher than thou road, where's your faith? You really think you need this right now? But I really believe God's looking for a man or woman that's willing to take up the charge and say, it it really doesn't matter what it looks like around here. God, you've said to grow, and I'm going to grow. Lord, I know there's always a need. Your word says the field is white for the harvest, and the only thing we're lacking, Brother DJ, is workers. Preparation makes the difference. Because I don't want to be facing a multitude and then all of a sudden say, whoa, spiritual pulse check. I'm feeling kind of weak right now. I wasn't ready for this. Where meanwhile, all along the way, just like that harvest, God's been blessing us. We are blessed with the preaching that we get from our pastor God's been dropping nugget after nugget after nugget. And it's so easy just to sit there and get spiritually fat to where we can barely roll out the door and we're only thinking of self. We talked about it just recently upstairs with the youth. And I'm just doing everything I can to get them to think about the lessons in a different way. Because those of us that have Those of you that have been here a while can say, well, I've heard that message before. I've heard that preach before. Oh, he's probably going here next. He's probably going to have this cliche saying next. But instead, it's a time for preparation. I might have to teach this tomorrow. Someone at my work is going to ask a question, and I want to be ready for that. And that hunger starts to rise up again, say, well, Okay, I'm convinced, but I need to convince someone else. Moving on here. So we can't be like Psalms 32, verses 8 and 9. It says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in thy way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. You see, if we wait until we're in those situations, we're no better than the mule or the horse that can only be led by the bit. That's the opposite of the ant. It says, well, I'll go where pastor tells me, but as soon as his gaze goes somewhere else, I'm just going to go where life takes me. But instead, here's here's what the Bible says in Psalms 104, verse 1. Let all that I am praise the Lord. O Lord my God, how great you are. You are robed with honor and majesty. The last part of that is the why. But the first part here says, let all that I am. That's not just my hands. That's not just my voice. That's my mind. That's my spirit. That's all. All that I am, that means if I'm going to praise you with my mind, that means I'm going to be pouring over your word. I'm going to be growing in my, in my knowledge of the, of the word. It's not just coming to church and putting on a good show. It's growing no matter where you're at. 
By trade, I'm an electrician. I'm a card-carrying journeyman electrician. And the journeyman that I mostly apprenticed under, he said, don't let, don't let yourself get a big head. All that card is, that's just a card that says that you're allowed to learn. There are many trades out there that have continuing education. So no matter where you're at, no matter how long you've been here, we are never done learning. Amen? <laughs> Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's more than just a surface level relationship. Here's where we have to get. Psalms 1 verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. It's not just when the bit's in my mouth. It's not just when I have to. It's not just when I'm faced with a hardship. I delight in the law of the Lord. Amen. And the last half is how we delight. How do we delight in the law of the Lord? We do that by meditating on it day and night. That only happens if that's what my life revolves around. We all have tons of hobbies and things we're interested in, but there's a difference between trying to form God and fit God into our schedules or forming everything around God's schedule. Preparation is important. So I'm going to wrap it up just by saying this. We serve an awesome God. He can do some awesome things. And I can get myself into some awesome messes. And that's pretty great when he saves me and he plucks me out and he is so faithful. He's more faithful than I could ever be. But in my opinion, even more great than a miracle from a mess is when I get to the end and he says, well done, thou faithful servant, enter into that kingdom, and I'm able to look back and see all the pitfalls, all the fiery darts, all the hazards that I missed just because I kept my eye on God and kept that joyful heart. It was my strength when I needed strength, and it was my medicine when I was spiritually sick. We serve a God that can, that can do just that. So I hope we can walk away encouraged from this. Walk away with the joy of the Lord and let it be our strength. Be encouraged. Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand with me if you would, please. Good, good, good. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. <laughs>